Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. For one family and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Yes, we will, friends. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here. Welcome to Praying for America. You know, we are one movement. We are one great nation, as President Trump always says in that introduction. And one of the things that makes us great is our Judeo-Christian heritage. You know that. I know that. Our history knows that. Our Supreme Court has even acknowledged that. Where this is a Christian nation. And uh, this is a nation that was not just rooted in, but shaped by the teachings, the values of the scriptures, the word of God, the source more than any other that our founders relied on in creating this form of government. And I'll bring this up tonight because of the ad that played during the Super Bowl the other night. Now, I'm sure many of you saw it. Many of you, though, you watched the game. You may have missed it. I want to show it to you because we've got to comment on this thing and we've got to respond to this uh, to this ad because it reinforces something that, you know, too many churches within the Christian world are um, reinforcing. And in the courts, in the weaponized court system that we have in our country, the very same message is being reinforced. What is it? What are we talking about? You'll see for yourselves in just a few moments. Let's start with uh, the Word of God here, which is a passage that I'm going to read that ties in directly to the theme uh, that we're going to develop here tonight. And it's from Luke chapter 5, starting with verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let us pray. Father, we are the people of love, and love has a name and love has a content. Love was revealed in your Son, Jesus Christ. Love is revealed in his teachings. Love is revealed in his commands. This is how we know love, that we keep his commandments. This is now we know love, that he laid down his life for us, And we too must lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Lord, we know that in your word and in the power of love that Jesus Christ bestows on us through his Holy Spirit, that there we find freedom. We find freedom in the Spirit of God. We find the freedom to love. We find the freedom that is rooted in truth. Enable us as spirit 
filled believers in your word and in your son to defend this truth and to defend this freedom against those who would dilute it and present a false gospel. Lord God, this is essential for the greatness of America. Save us from false gospels. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, every year I lead the National Prayer Service in January at the day of the March for Life, and we pray for the nation, as we did just a matter of weeks ago. And one of the prayers we say asks God to save our nation from destruction and, and dangers, not just physical, but spiritual and moral. In other words, we pray for safety, not just from floods, earthquakes, or, God forbid, acts of terrorism, but also from moral dangers. And there's a moral and spiritual danger being communicated in the ad that for millions and millions and millions of dollars was produced and airtime purchased during the Super Bowl the other night. Now, first of all, I hope you enjoyed the game. I hope you enjoyed having whatever Super Bowl parties you, you were part of. Most people did. And, uh, and that's great. Of course, it's a nice American tradition. Uh, but, uh, of course, at the same time, we object to the we object strongly to the politicization of sports. And uh, you know that problem as, as well as I do. Uh, these, these sports teams have got to, uh, and, and associations, have got to get, 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 get off that woke track. Get off the, you're, 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 you're serving the American people on something that should not be politicized. And uh, that's a whole topic for another, uh, another program. But what I want to get at tonight is uh, the Christian twisting that's going on. I should say the twisting of the Christian gospel, because this is not good for America. And as soon as you see what I'm talking about, you'll be able to start rattling off examples in your own minds about how a weaponized government is just as much a problem here as what's going on in some of the churches. Let's delve into that. I'm going to show you the ad, and then we're going to look at several scriptures and how those these scriptures correct the wrong impression being given by the ad, including the one that we already read. Let's take a look at the ad that aired just the other night. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you I love your precious heart. I I was standing, you were there, two worlds colliding, and they could never tear us apart. We can live. Yeah, he does. He gets us. He loves us. Jesus doesn't teach hate. You see, the problem here is that so many who say that are not trying to communicate the teaching that Jesus doesn't hate. They're trying to communicate the, the, the idea that we do, we who follow him, hate, discrimination, hate speech. 
the left, the godless radical Democrat left, takes that concept and applies it in a total reversal, which is what the devil is very good at, applies it to us who are living out the Christian faith. What was the approach against the, what was the argument against the baker in Colorado who wouldn't take part in giving any kind of affirmation with his own creative skills to a, an idea of marriage that's contrary to the gospel? Discrimination. The whole case was based on the assertion that this is discrimination. If you look at the Democrat strategy memos, what we consider religious freedom, they call discrimination. When we say, for example, the Trump administration defended this nurse in Vermont who was forced to take part in an abortion, even though the facility knew that she objected to abortion and President Trump and his administration threatened to take away their federal funding for discriminating against this woman. But the other side would say that we're the ones discriminating. If we're not willing to provide equally across the board abortion services to everybody, our own ministry was brought all the way to the Supreme Court. Because we just simply wanted to live out our faith in our business practices and didn't want to cover abortion in our health care insurance. We talk about that as religious freedom. The other side sees it as hate. Our teaching on marriage. It's one man and one woman, friends. That's not going to change because that's from God. It's not from us. It's not from government. It's from God. And yet when we insist on that, what's the favorite uh, attack from the other side? Just like they say, everything they disagree with is racist. They call us racist too. They'll say, oh, it's hate speech. It's hate. So you got to look at this both ways. Of course, you know, there's a certain beauty in the message when we try to say, hey, Jesus calls us to all love one another and he gets us. God loves us the way we are. But does God let us stay the way we are or does his love transform us? Does Jesus get us or does he call us to be beyond what we are. Does he bless us? Now, you saw the, the, the familiar biblical symbol of the washing of the feet. Jesus washed the feet of his apostles around the table at the Last Supper. And that, of course, was a sign of his service. That was a symbol of what he would do the next day on the cross, pouring himself out for us. In fact, the symbolism you read in the John's Gospel, the story of the washing of the feet, Jesus rises from the table, takes off his outer garment, Sort of like he comes down from heaven, he divests himself of glory, takes on human appearance. He puts the towel around himself, puts on our human nature, pours water into a basin, symbolizing pouring out blood and water on the cross. Washes the feet of the disciples, symbolizing washing away our sins in that blood and in the waters of baptism. And then having cleansed us, taking his seat once again at table, taking his seat once again at the right hand of the Father. So there's a very beautiful symbolism in the washing of the feet. And yes, it does symbolize service that we're supposed to give to others. Jesus says, as you have seen me do, so you are to do likewise, serve one another, love one another. Good enough as far as it goes. But the point is, God doesn't leave us the way we are. He loves us the way we are, but he doesn't leave us the way we are. And you notice messages like this ad gives don't put the second part in there. They leave the second part out. And the danger of that is that people think that they can justify, for example, going into the family planning clinic 
that you saw as one of the scenes in that ad. I'm going to go into the family planning clinic. Oh, God gets us. He knows why I want to go in there and have an abortion. He doesn't want you to. And they'll say, we are hateful to the people that go in for abortions. We don't get them. Oh, Jesus does. But we don't get them because we're saying they're doing something wrong. They are doing something wrong. And to say that isn't hatred of them. It's an understanding of Jesus. Jesus gets us. But do we get him? Do we get him? Do we know what he's calling us to do? This is love. The love is contrasted with hatred, right? This is love. You show your love how, Jesus says. How will you know that you love me? Keep my commandments. It's exactly what he said. You keep my commandments. The way we know we love him is that we keep his commandments. St. John tells us that. Jesus himself is telling us that. One of those commandments is that you don't kill. And another one of those commandments is that you don't have sexual relationships with people of the same sex. You don't do it. Now, how is adhering to that and being faithful to God's truth, how is that hatred? Of course, it's not. But the point is, both the leftist churches, the churches that are infected with this woke ideology, and the weaponized government, especially through the court system, takes exactly that approach. And that's why ads like this are, 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 are dangerous, because it reinforces a weaponized government, weaponized against Christians who believe in his truth and want to apply that truth in public policy, and weaponized, woke, corrupted churches. Look at even what's happening in the Catholic community with the Pope issuing this document saying, oh yeah, priests can bless gay couples. No, they can't. You can't. Are you, are you completely oblivious? Like Bongino always reminds his audience, campaigns are sound bites and snapshots. Well, so is the campaign of attacking our values from the radical left. It's just, it's, it, they don't care about 10-page documents explaining why this is not technically a liturgical blessing. You don't use a stole and you don't use the vestments and you don't do it in the sanctuary of the church. Please give me a break. Please just stop talking because you're making yourself look stupid. And, and, you, 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 and, you, and, you're, and you're saying that we're stupid. We're not. We understand full well what's going on here. It's a soundbite and a snapshot. Soundbite, church blesses gay couples. Snapshot, priest is there blessing a man and a man and a man holding hands. That's it. That's the campaign. That's what the left does. And how, you know, how is it that, how is it that people really, really think that they're proving something? when they try to explain all these things away. And they're not proving anything. They're just showing how, how woke and how destructive they are. So it's in the churches. It's, it's, it, you know what it is? That ad is reflected on signs in, on, uh, in the front of churches. Oh, they'll have rainbow colors on them. I'll say something like, oh, all are welcome. And Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners. All were welcome to him. That's true as far as it goes, except that it goes further. Let's read this again. We read it at the beginning. They complained that he was eating with the tax collectors and the sinners. Now, tax collectors, by the way, they were, they were categorized with adulterers and murderers. 
These were people who would defraud the citizens all the time. It wasn't like today. Oh, here, let me look up on, let me take out my phone and look up online you know, how many taxes I'm supposed to owe. It wasn't like that back then. People had no idea what they owed. So the tax collectors, they would just be collecting all kinds of money and pocketing it a lot of it themselves. They were hated. Jesus goes and he doesn't hate them. He dines with them, but then listen what he says. Those who are well have no need of a physician. Sick people do. He calls them sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. He calls them sinners. And he calls them to what? Repentance. Was Jesus hating these people? By saying they were sinners? Oh, but the radical left will say, we are, if we call them sinners. Even the courts will say, we're discriminating if we call them sinners. Can't have it both ways. Now, there's two other scriptural passages I want to refer to here. Our executive director, Janet Morana, if you look at our endabortion.tv channel, she just started a new live program, Janet Reacts, and she was uh, talking about this today as well because it's worth worth talking about. A lot of people saw that ad. You go to, oh, where are we going here? John's Gospel. So there's two passages I want to look at. We've got the Samaritan woman at the well, right? So, you know, she goes to the well to get water. Jesus says, you know, I'm going to give you living water. She wants, she expresses an interest in that. Oh, give me that living water. And then Jesus Jesus says, not so fast. Jesus doesn't hate the woman. He's there with her. But he puts a demand. He puts a requirement. Go call your husband first. You remember what happens? Here, let me read the read this for you. She embarrasses. He embarrasses the woman. Oh, he doesn't hate her, but boy, he embarrasses her. She says, "Go call your." He says, "Go call your husband." Verse sixteen from John four. Verse seventeen. The woman answered him, "I have no husband." Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. He's calling her to repentance. He's pointing out her sin. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Yes, Jesus eats with them all. Yes, Jesus loves them all. But he doesn't erase the distinction between virtue and sin. We can, we're not going to make America great unless we restore this essential understanding. It is not hatred to make this distinction. As a matter of fact, it's love. Because if you love somebody, you want what's good for them. And keeping God's commands and staying in His truth and adhering to His Spirit and living His law and abiding by His gospel is what's good for people. You love them, you're going to want to keep them on that track. You love them, you love them like Jesus loved them. You point out their sin. There's another passage. Let's go. John, just John chapter 4. John chapter 8. John chapter 8 begins with the woman caught in adultery. Now you know this story. So she's caught in adultery. They want to stone her, the Pharisees. They're going to test Jesus to see if he's going to abide by the law of Moses. And then this is a famous line where Jesus says, let him among you who is without sin be the first to cast the stone. 
And then he, he kneels down and he writes in the ground. Now, what was he writing on the ground? We don't know. Some say he was writing the commandments. He was writing their, the sins of these people who started to depart one by one. Because, of course, they were all aware of their sins. And then Jesus looked at this woman, aware of her sin too. And what did he say? I love you. I don't hate you. I don't condemn you. What did he say? Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, sir. And Jesus said, then neither do I condemn you. But from now on, avoid this sin. Love, acceptance, welcome is not incompatible with pointing out someone's sin. I emphasize this message here tonight. Because there's a reason why there was an ad like that. Folks, I don't know the people who made that ad. I don't know their intentions. But I do know this. That there is a movement out there that wants to reinforce this message. There is a movement in, 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 in politics in government, and there is a movement in the church that wants to reinforce this message that the moral standards that America was based on don't apply anymore, and that if you try to apply them, if you try to reinforce them, if you try to preach them, if you try to, to defend your right to live these teachings in a court of law, you're hateful and you're discriminatory. And to make America great, we have got to absolutely resist that. And we have got to purify our land and purify our churches from that way of thinking. I want to call to task here the religious leaders who fail to make this distinction. You think you're going to go on and on and on. And you're self-righteous. You feel so pure. Oh, we're welcoming everybody. Would you stop the nonsense? They're getting up in these pulpits. Oh, yeah, everybody come. It's okay, everybody. God loves you just the way you are. Will you stop being false prophets? Because you're false prophets. That's what you are. We've had enough of you. We're sick of you. Get out of the pulpits. Get out of the churches. Take off those robes. Because you're, you're an insult to the gospel. You're not a preacher of the gospel. You're a scandal to the gospel. When you can't do something as basic as we saw Jesus do in all three of these passages, yes, he's going to eat with the tax collectors and the sinners. So will we. But we will not hesitate to point out their sin. Yes, he will welcome in love even the woman caught in adultery. So will we. But we will not hesitate to point out that activity as sinful. Yes, he will offer the living water to that Samaritan woman who has five husbands, but neither he nor we will fail to point out that you can't have five husbands. Enough of this nonsensical preaching of the gospel, what pretends to be preaching of the gospel, and throws these distinctions out the window. Enough. We've got to call out, start calling out. The clergy that do this, the pastors, the false, they're false shepherds. They're fake. 
Start calling them out, brothers and sisters, for the good of America. Because what's happening there in the, in the, in the very environment of the churches, that's what enables these Democrats to get away with this weaponization of government where then, you, then Christian bakers face charges of discrimination just because they're trying to live out the truth of the gospel. It's time, it's time to shine a light. This is a war. It's a civil war not only in the nation, a spiritual civil war. It's a spiritual civil war within the church. Let's stand up for the pure teaching and preaching of the gospel, brothers and sisters. No nonsense, no compromise. So let's pray for America. Lord God, we want to pray right now for every pastor. Wake them up, Lord God. Either make them shepherds after your own heart or take them out of ministry. One or the other. Can't be both. Lord God, we pray over our courtrooms that they may stop, that judges may stop rendering decisions about discrimination when the only thing we're guilty of discriminating is between good and evil between truth and falsehood. We will discriminate between those things. That does not constitute hatred. Lord God, we ask you to send your spirit upon every, every citizen, especially those who are believers in your gospel. Make us faithful. Make us courageous. Make us shine the light and let us be watchmen, as your prophet Ezekiel says. We are watchmen for the house of Israel, pointing out the sins, not in hatred, but in love, wanting the God who accepts us as we are to transform us into what we are yet called to be. Make us holy, for you are holy. Make us perfect as you are perfect. Change us, purify us, challenge us, grow us. Bring us out of our comfort zone. Bring us above and beyond what we are. Make us holy as you are holy. We lift up, Lord, all the intentions of all our viewers, and we pray now in the very words that Jesus gave us, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much. It's always good to be with you here on Praying for America. Let's pray for the renewal of our churches because that is a key element to making America great again. We will do it. God will do it through us. Thank you for being faithful and we will talk to you soon. Hello, this is Abby Johnson of Unplanned the Movie. You know me as a longtime supporter of Priest for Life and of Father Frank Pavone. And I just wanna encourage you as someone who knows of the great work of this organization, please continue to stand strong. 
please continue to support this mission. It is so needed now more than ever. Thank you so much for all of your support. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.